0: Okay, uh, so we're going to start. We'll talk a little bit about the Nesiva Shalom. I don't know how familiar everybody is with who the Nesiva Shalom was. I'll give a little bit of a uh, of a uh, introduction, and it's actually important to know because he quotes this, a certain figures. It's important to know a little bit about the history of Slonim. The first Slon Rebbe was a Talmud of the Lechavitzer. You'll see he quotes him all the time, and of Moshe of Kubrin. and um, and then the first, the first, uh, the first. Islam Rebbe was above Vrom Weinberg. He was known as most famously by his most famous as the Yisod HaVoda. He was known as the Yisod HaVoda. When he died, his grandson, who ended up uh, having his safer printed much later, actually the, the Nasiva Sholem, wrote most of the what's called the Divrei Shmuel. And then there were there were um, there were gaps. There were most of the Slonim Chasidim were, were killed in World War in World War II. There were some. The uh, the Yisod HaVoda sent three of his grandchildren when they were about thirteen years old to live in Tveria, uh, You will actually see at the end of this piece uh, something about about his relationship to Tveria. So he sent them to Tveria and that's really where where the Slonim Chasidim had a revival after the war. Um, there were some Hasidim there. This the Nesiva Sholem, Rav Noach Berizowski, was a uh, he was a gr- he was a great grandchild of the first Slonim Rebbe's brother, um, through, from his mother's side. But he married the previous Slonim Rebbe's daughter. He was a son-in-law of the previous Rebbe, and he became the Rebbe. He went to he moved from Europe to Israel in 1935, and his initial job was he was Rosh yeshiva at Elbaiv L- Yeshiva in Tel Aviv, in 1941 or 42, different uh, versions. He opened up the Aslanim Yeshiv and Yerushalayim. You've probably seen it, you may not have known what it was, but it's, uh, if you come up Me'esh at the end of Ruchov Me'esh if you were to go down Ruchov Me'esh all the way to the end, if you knew it, like where Belyashev used to live, up, if you make that right turn, as you're going up to like Rechov Hanavim, there's a big yeshiva there, the Slonim Yeshiva. So growing up, Slonim, I always thought Slonim was, uh, was, uh, was a very famous chassid. I only learned later on that most people didn't know it was because I had a great uncle, Shimon Kapelowitz, who lived here in the neighborhood. He was the first president of the Kugarn Hills Mikveh, was a Slonim or Chassid from home. And then when I got married, my wife has an uncle, also lives in Kugarn Hills, Jack Wolfish, who's, uh, who's also a slonim chassid. So I had a lot of exposure to slonim. As a matter of fact, when I was in Israel, and my uncle, my great uncle Shimon, would come to Yisrael, whether he was taking me out for dinner or we were meeting up to go somewhere, we always met at the yeshiva. That was what he referred to as the yeshiva. He was always there, at. he was always centered somewhere around there. So... Um, I just brought to show you that there are a lot of English now. The last few years, a lot of English came out, uh, a lot of English farm. So the 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 most prolific one is this from Rabbi Binyamin Ginsburg. He has five on the Chomish. So let's back up. The Nesiva Shalom in Hebrew, the main uh, Nesiva Shalom that's written in Hebrew is a seven-volume set. There's one on each Chomish. And then there's an Aleph and base. Aleph deals with Yisoidus of Chasidis uh, in uh, in general, and Bayes deals with all the Yom and Tevim, And then there have been a lot of pamphlets that have come out. So let's say, for example, in the Yom one, there was no Purim and Chanukah. They have pamphlets that came out on Purim and Chanukah. These are write-ups of his Shirim, of the Shirim that he would give mostly on Shabbos. These would be written up. Interestingly, he had the job by some of the previous slalom of writing up the Shirim. So I guess he, one of the reasons that the, the Siva Shalom is probably one of the, most, the easiest him to read, just in, in readability. Not The concepts are still chasidish concepts, and a lot of, there is some Kabbalah, but as far as readability is, maybe because he was so he was uh, very in tune to what it means to have to write up the Rebbe Shira afterwards. Um, he he was nifter. I think 2000, 2001. He was uh, many people. Many people knew him. Um, uh, he, was, uh, he was he was he was. The the whole method of Slonim. Slonim took the Litvish Derech Halimud with Chasidus and combined them. They were always based in Litvish towns. Slonim was Litvish town, and the towns where they were in afterwards were all Litvish towns. And they always got along. As a matter of fact, the Dvir Shmuel was very. Um, he was very involved in coordinating all the different factions of Orthodox Jewry to fight Haskalah. He was. He was. He was able to speak to the to the Litvish Gedolim, to the Chasidish Gedolim. He had that kind of uh, of 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 impact, and he was he was able to really speak both languages and and and, and bring everybody together. So this was a Talmud of his. So on the, so the seven volumes they've put out a whole bunch. Um, they have put out five on the Chomish, it, it, It's not exhaustive at all. And as a matter of fact, on Shabbos I chose a piece that I was going to learn, which happens to be translated in here. And I thought, great, that's going to make it easy. But then this morning when I was looking through, I found this other piece, and I said, we really have to learn this in light of the of what's going on in Eretz Yisrael. You'll see what he talks about Eretz Yisrael and what we need to understand about Eretz Yisrael. But so they take. He takes maybe two or three pieces each week, and they're translated. There's one on Shabbos. There's one on Chinuch. There's a whole bunch of this. This one, he lived in Israel from 1935, and he died, I think, 2000 or 2001. His son is the current Rebbe. His son is the... Huh? He didn't? Okay. No, no. He would have been. Uh, he probably would have just missed. He probably would have gotten there a little bit after. Yeah, this is actually somebody who grew up in this neighborhood, uh, Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Yeshua Dikman. Um, he grew up in the in this neighborhood, and he's married to the Nesiva Shalom's granddaughter. Uh, and he wrote this. This is really just a selection. This, he calls it essays, a collection of essays. Uh, this is neither one are translations. They're not direct translations, but you get a, you get a sense of the Nasiva Shalom's Torah. My intention for the Shir is not to read through them completely, although underlining certain lines. This week, I, you'll see in a very short while why I pick, chose this piece. It's a little bit longer than the ones I would choose normally. He has some very long pieces and he has much shorter ones. But when I saw this, I thought that it's, it's very very Kadai for us to learn this together uh, considering everything that's going on. So we know that it starts off, and I won't even read all the underline. I'll speak a lot of it out, but it's, it's just to see the, the flow. So Hashem tells Avram Avinu to leave his house, his birthplace, his fa- family, leave everything behind and go to the place. He doesn't tell him Eretz Yisrael, he doesn't give him a ticket to Tel Aviv, right? He just tells him to the place, Asher Areca, that I will show you, which is an interesting language. And so uh, the the famous question is um, that (coughs) uh, where do we see that Hashem showed Avram where he's going to go, right? Hashem tells Avram, I want you to go on a trip and I'm going to show you where to go. We don't see anywhere in the Pesukim. As a matter of fact, the Chumash would be a good idea if you maybe pull out one of the Chumashim from, uh, sorry, I don't mean to... Have you do my work for me? But if anybody else wants to look at the chumash, the first few pesukim in the parsha are very informative on this. So Hashem tells him to go to this place where I will lead you. That's how the that's how the parsha opens up. I will where I will show you. And it says, and then Hashem makes him all kinds of promises, and we're told that Lloyd goes with him, and he takes everybody and and all the people that they had uh, taught along the way, and and, and the Pasuk tells us that the Knani are living in in Eretz Yisrael. Right now, a lot has changed. We still have people who maybe don't belong in Eretz Yisrael, still in Eretz Yisrael. And uh, Hashem tells him, I'm going to give you everything. And then it tells us, it tells us that there was a a famine. Uh, There was a famine, and uh, uh, and uh, there's a family, he has to go down to Mitzrayim and then there's a war with the four kings and the five kings after he separates from Lot, Lot. and finally Hashem says to Avram uh, Achar me'ela. this is a Hashem el Avram. the word of Hashem was to Avram in a vision Avram. Magin I'm going to give you your schar, everything is going to be very good and uh, a little bit before that, I'm trying to find where the Pasuk is um uh oh here it says um yeah it, in towards the beginning of the parsha in, in Pasuk Zion it says, This is after he's already gone through Eretz Canaan He says, I'll give you this land, and he built a mizbech for, for Hashem, Hanira Elov, who was seen to him. That's where we, the first time we see the 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 of vision coming back. And so the Rebbe asks the question. He says, what the question is, where do we? We don't see Hashem showing it to him, and then we just see that Hashem is, is envisioning. So he quotes a svarno. If you look about four lines down on the first page, where where I have it underlined, at the beginning of the piece. I'm, I want you to keep traveling to the place within that land that I'm going to send you to. Not even just when you get to the land, right? Because if you look at the psukim, Avram Avinu went through the land a little bit before Hashem appears to him. He didn't pitch his tent until Hashem appeared to him. It says that he went to Makim Shechem, right, that he went to the place of, of Shechem, uh, right, the possible before that says, he went through the land, Ad Makim Shechem, and then Hashem appeared to him, I'll give you this land. And he, so, so he says that this was the command of Avram. He, he's almost changing the shot of the Pasuk. The simple explanation of the Pasuk is as we're saying, Hashem says, go to the land until I show you. The way the Svarno is explaining it is, go to the land until I appear to you. Until you see me, until you until you realize that I'm there, and he quotes a Tosfos. I don't know where exactly the Tosfos is, but he says that until this point, Avram's interactions with Hashem were speech. Hashem el Avram. Amira Bilvat, it was just a, it was an audio, audio uh, conversation. Shaddai lo'in Yisrael of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, did not appear to him. And skip down two lines where I have underlined, Kibachutz b'chutz la'aretz ho'yarak Amira. When Avram Avinu was outside of Eretz Yisrael in Chutz la'aretz, he was only, I don't know if this is taping, okay, um, Uh, if he was only uh, it was only a Bechina of Amira it was only speech it was only conversational Hashem did not show himself to Avram he didn't fully reveal himself to Avram Avinu if you go to the end of the next paragraph uh, that's why the Pasuk says he finally builds a Mizbeach because Hashem now has appeared to him has appeared them. Something's changed in the relationship. It was not possible in Laaretz In Chutz Avram Avinu Avramavinu, Avinu at this point, just in case you think that Avram Avinu maybe did not have a good relationship with Hashem before he came to Eritzrol, he already had willingly allowed himself to be thrown into the Kivshana Aish, right? That was before he went to Erithisroll. He was will, he he left everything behind on Hashem say so. He had some of his Nisioinus before he went. And he had no trouble with it. He was, he was happy to follow Hashem's command. Yet there was something missing in Chutzlarets. His relationship with Hashem, something was missing. He didn't have a clarity of vision. Right, and he, he he quotes other midrashim. I'm going to try it because it's a long piece, and we want it. We want to get through it because I think there's so many vital things here. But he says that basically, what Hashem was telling Avraham Avinu when he says to leave his family and his homeland, he wants him to leave everything behind and wants to start a new a new a new relationship, a new way of being, a new a new level of understanding of, of who Hashem is. And if you look at this this paragraph, it's a little bit. I have a lot underlined there, but it's it's the only one that has this much underlined. it's, it's very important he says like this says the internal the on a deeper level in what's going on over here is when Hashem says that I will send you to the land that I will show you what he's really saying is I will send you to the land where you can see me the place where you can see me you know, there's a famous see this I think it goes back to the it goes back to the Mar-e-Nayim, that every word of Torah it's not, it's not stories. We're not learning stories. Every word of Torah is relevant to each and every one of us in every generation. It's giving a message to each and every one of us. It's not just a story that happened to Avram Avinu 3,500 years ago. So Hashem is telling you, that, tell, telling each and every one of us, in Eretz Yisrael is where you can see me. Where I can be seen by you is in Eretz Yisrael. kuzari The Kuzari says in about Eretz Sha'am Yisrael eni gila gili alikus the Jewish people, the Jewish nation, cannot get full revelation of Hashem, except in Eretz Yisrael. All the questions he's we're going to get to. I, I know there's already like light bulbs going off. But the <speaking in Hebrew> Chol he says, call. We'll see how we deal with that. Then if Nabal Haya BeEretz Yisrael, all of the Nevi'im who had Nevuah were in Eretz Yisrael. All of Nevuah was in Eretz Yisrael. <speaking in Hebrew> that he's covering Yirmiyahu. Yirmiyahu, we know after they went we, we exiled from Eretz Yisrael. They were, there was nevuah, but that was Al-Inyanim of Eretz Yisrael. It was very connected to Eretz Yisrael, which we're going to come back to. Now, the big question, and you're going to, I'm going to ask you to hold it for a few minutes. The big question is, Moshe Rabenu. Moshe Rabbeinu was the, was, the, was the greatest Navi who ever lived, and he never stepped foot in Eretz Yisrael, right? He's going to deal with it. On the next page, he's going to deal with it. So just hold on if you ever watch any of the Labavitcher Rebbe's uh, the, a lot of the recordings anytime Eretz Yisrael came up he would quote this Pasuk Eretz Yisrael is a place where Hashem's eyes are on it from the beginning of the year to the end of the year that's what the Pasuk says the Pasuk right so that, that's, that's Eretz Yisrael and just skip just follow me with the, with the underlines if you're following inside you don't have to follow inside I'll, I'll explain but Eretz Yisrael Yesh. We know that everything that happens to us in life is with Hashem's Hashkacha Pratis But in Eretz Yisrael, there's a unique level of Hashkacha Pratis more than anywhere else. Things are, you know, the, I, there's a, there's a story that's told. I can't I can't vouch for the story because I've heard I heard it like eighth hand. But there's a story about there was a Talmud of Rav Moshe Shapiro who came into Yeshiva one day, and he was very excited and very worked up. He had a whole series of miracles that happened to him on the way to Yeshiva that day, like things that were were, were amazing, like all these Hashgacha pratis things. And uh, his Rebbe was not fazed by it. So he said, Rebbe, did you hear what I told you? Like I almost got into an accident, and then the driver came at the right time. He had a whole crazy story. So he looks at him, and he says, so what's the Chiddush you're sharing with me? That Hashem runs the world? Look, I know that Hashem runs the world. I don't hear any news here, right? That, Okay, Hashem took care of you. He takes care of you every day. Now you happen to notice it more. He wasn't He wasn't from this, from 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 the, the, the events in Eretz Yisrael. That's clearer and that's more direct than anywhere else. Right? We know this concept that other nations have a, uh, have angels that that take care of them. she Hashem deals with Eretz Yisrael directly, and if you remember, it's just reminiscent of the conversation after the Egil where Hashem says to Moshe, I'm going to send somebody in front of you, and Hashem sa- Moshe says no, we don't want, we want you to lead us, right? That's same, in Eretz Yisrael, that's the, that's the reality. Hashem conducts Eretz Yisrael. We'll have this in a couple of weeks, Parshas everybody knows the famous dream of Yaakov Avinu, that there was a ladder, on the, the, the ladder, the base of the ladder was on the Ground, the top of the ladder reached to Shemayim, and there were malochim going up and, up and down. Right? Rosh Hashem remember what does the say over there? was standing at the top. There are two ways that our lives can be conducted. Hashem's always in charge, but there are two ways that Hashem is in charge of our lives. There's the concept of the ladder being on the ground. Teva, what we would call Teva, right? The ladder standing on the ground is Hashem created the world with certain rules of nature and that's how most of our lives, at least to our untrained eyes, seems to be directed. Shan ha'gezu nikvas b'Rosh and that's set on Rosh Hashanah. That is set on Rosh Hashanah what, what, what our year is going to look like. How much parnasa we're going to have, if there's going to be any health issues, the things that are going to go well, that are not going to go well, that's set on Rosh Hashanah. That's the normal Teva of the world. Then there's another way where Hashem is standing on top of you. This is Hashem conducting it in a much more intricate intricate, and intimate way where everything is coming from the source of Hashem's rachamim. In this way, when we're interacting with Hashem in this second way where it's a more direct interaction, Rosh Hashanah, it does not control what happens. It may set the tone, it may set some base rules, but it doesn't control what happens. Based on how much and how much a person strengthens himself, how much a person strengthens himself, in difficult times of how much a person pulls himself up and strengthens himself. If a person strengthens himself in Hashem Yisparach, he tr- and he has and he, and, he, and he depends. He puts his betachin in Hashem. And he, he then he is conducted in this way. And even what was set, he went through the din Torah on Rosh Hashanah. So even what was set to occur to him in Rosh Hashanah, this is above that. Above that. The and it doesn't depend on it. It's changeable. Right? Okay, you have to answer some of the Gemaras in Rosh Hashanah, how that works, when, when a person is judged. But there's this concept of a more direct connection that Rosh Hashanah still has an impact, but it doesn't, it it's, it's not all controlling. Okay? sham zuk This higher way of interacting with Hashem, of Hashem interacting with the Jewish people, is specific to Eretz Yisrael. She eretz Asher Hashem Right, that's the we quoted. is very directly involved. So when we see, we hear the news, and it feels like there's chaos going on in Eretz Yisrael, we have to remind ourselves that it's difficult, and obviously we have to feel the sorrow of everybody, and we have to do what we can. But we have to also remember ourselves, remember, and give ourselves that Hashem is conducting this Himself. This is not through malachim. This is not through sorim like other countries. What's happening in Ukraine may be terrible, but that may not have the same direct. That does not have the same direct influence. What's happening in Eretz Yisrael, it's beyond our, our our understanding. But Hashem is controlling the events very very specifically. <laughs> This is one of the reasons why we daven. Which way do we face? We face towards Eretz Yisrael. We face towards. If you're in Eretz Yisrael, you face towards Jerusalem. That a person is not in Eretz Yisrael, you still want your tefillos going up via Eretz Yisrael. That's what we want, right? We learned this as kids that we we pr- daven towards Jerusalem because we want, okay, Alpikabola through Hebron, through Jerusalem, but ultimately through Eretz Yisrael through Jerusalem, we want the tefillos to go through Eretz Yisrael. Our tefillos will will have a bigger impact if they go through Eretz Yisrael. That even when you're not in Eretz Yisrael, even when you're in Chutzla you could tap into this. By the very fact, we, we probably rarely think about this. How often do we think about the reason I'm facing this way and not that way is because I'm facing Eretz Yisrael. Maybe we think about it sometimes, but we should be more conscious of it. What I'm asking is that I want my tefillahs connected to the Eretz Yisrael. I want my tefillahs connected to that Koyach of Eretz Yisrael, That to tap into that direct... On, on, on—nothing no, in between, just between me and Hashem. Rak al is followed there. Eretz Yisrael, and hagal Eretz and there you can tap into this direct connection with, with with Hashem through Eretz Yisrael. Okay, go down to the next paragraph. He gives more examples, but I'm, I'm, I want to try to get to the flow and see. The point that he makes at the end because he's going to depress us a little bit in the middle but at the end i think we're going to have a, a little bit more chazuk so he says like this there's a gemara look where i underlined the gemara tells us the morning subas tells us this is always one of the most difficult gemaras to learn when you're not sitting in Eretz yisrael right the gemara tells us right at the end of the it's the second to last off third to last off it's right at the end of the it's the third to last call hadar yisrael if you live in Eretz yisrael it's like you have a god this is the Gemara. The Gemara says if you live in chutzlar, it's like you don't have a God. It's like you don't have a God. So this is the explaining. Not that it's like you don't, you can't see God as clearly. You don't have that clear vision. Even Avramavinu, Avinu, who was willing to be thrown into the kivshana Aish, the Pasek tells us that till he came to Eretz Yisrael, he didn't have that clarity of vision. He didn't have that clarity. Therefore it's like as if he doesn't have a God. You don't have that same clear clarity. He explains here in parts of the parts that I'm skipping is that there's different levels of emuna. Right, there's emuna, right? You 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 if you're in a dark room, but you hear the, the voice of a good friend telling you that he's leading you out, I have emuna in him that he's taking me the right way. But if the light goes on, that's a different level of emuna. In Eretz Yisrael, we get that light-on type of emuna. We get that light-on kind of emuna. Okay, go over to the next page. And you'll see we're skipping much more. I mean, it, it's Kedai, if you have the chance to, to read it on your own. Every word here is, is beautiful, but we only have, uh, have a short time. So he says, um, he says over here, Anytime we don't see. I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands, but I'm sure there are many times we have trouble seeing the Hashgacha Pratis. It's hard for us to understand. Right now on a national level, it's hard for us to see the Hashgacha Pratis. Why is this ultimately good for Klai Yisrael? It's very hard. Anybody who tells you why they think it's good for Klai Yisrael, I probably wouldn't pay too much attention to them at the moment, right? Uh, It's hard for us sometimes to see the Hashgacha Pratis. Hu kasher. It's because you're not clearly seeing. If we would have clear vision of Hashem's light, we wouldn't have any questions. We wouldn't have any questions. So because we don't have that, we're not tapped into that light, we have many questions. We have very good questions. They're very strong questions. But when you, when a person experiences a moment of Hashem appearing to Avram, that clarity of vision, right? And you feel the light of Hashem. Then you see the Hashkoch of And you see that everything is conducted as it is above. And all the questions go go away. I've had this this conversation with Rav Avi a few times. I personally don't love, although I'm probably wrong because many, many places, many people write them in this, these stories when they tell you a story about because he did a mitzvah, you know, he was giving a little tzedakah, he was late and he wasn't on the bus that blew up, you know, these types of stories, which... I get, I get why they're, why they're said, and I, I, they serve a purpose. But I'd always in the back of my mind, and maybe it's because I'm a grandchild of Holocaust survivors, like uh, my grandfather's family, they, they must have given tzedakah, right? Like, so why, why, weren't, why weren't they saved? And it's very nice that it worked out for this guy, but there were many good Jews in, in, in history who had these stories, and it didn't work out the way, or it looks to us that it didn't work out. It looks to us that it didn't wor- didn't work out. If we would see the hashgacha pratis, so but, but what what is nice about those stories is you get to get a little bit of a glimpse of the hashgacha pratis. But what we have to really know is, those are just where it's clear. But there's always that kind of hashgacha pratis. That hashgacha pratis exists every time, even when it does not work out the way we want, even when it worked out exactly the opposite of the way we wanted it, and it may it may be take a lifetime to see the Hashgach and it may take 10 lifetimes to see the Hashgach but we have to know that every one of these stories has that Hashgach just like the nice story where it worked out for the guy at the end, okay? So what he's saying is here, if we could see, if we would, if, if we would have the ability to see that Hashgach we wouldn't have any questions. Now, that's hard for us to imagine, we don't know what that means because there's so much, so much confusion in the world because we don't see that Hashgach But if we could see that, there would be no questions. I mean if you if you've had the if you've had the the good fortune of knowing holocaust survivors that you knew well and would be willing to open up now that's a tall order most of them were not willing to open up and certainly weren't going to talk to people so much younger than them about these things but a lot of them lived that way i had the fortune of knowing a, f- a few of them in my lifetime and even when they were complaining they were saying like that's, that's just the way they talk there was a certain now I don't know how they went through that and ever got out of bed again but they saw they saw something of the Ashgacha protest now what he says over here is he talks about the different levels of Amuna that we mentioned before and if you go to the next column he says this is the highest level of Riya. When you could see something, you don't have to. You don't have to take my word for it that I'm holding a mishnah brewer, right? Everybody here can see that I'm holding a mishnah brewer. It, you don't have to. You don't have to go on faith. That's the clearest. You know that what I'm telling you is true. It's not, it's, it's not a big leap to say you, you, you have faith that I'm telling you the truth, right? If I'm holding something down here and I tell you, now you have to decide. Do you trust me? What, do I have any incentive to lie, right? Which is what we do hundreds of times a day. We try to figure out, can I trust this person? When it, come, when it comes to Emunah, we have Emunah in Hashem. Everybody's a Mammon. Every, every from Jew is a Mammon. We believe in Hashem. But we don't have that clarity. We still have questions. There's still shadows around it. We don't understand. We, 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 we don't see the full picture. The highest level is when you could see clearly. Avram Avinu was <laughs> the first Mammon. He was the first of the maminim. At least our brand of of emuna. He was the first of the maminim. He had such strong emuna that he was ready to. He got. He allowed himself to be thrown in. His brother died from it. Right. His brother was killed by the kivshanesh It was a real kivshanesh He still went in. He had emuna that. If, I'm, if, I'm, if it's my time, it's my time. But this is, the, I have a moon and Hashem. I'm, I'm, I'm certain of Hashem. <speaking in Hebrew> Hashem is telling him, as strong as your moona is here. I'm going to take you to a place where your moon is going to be so much clearer. Your, your moon is going to be so much so much uh, clearer. He goes through here what the different levels of leaving your birthplace, your family, your home, what those different things that Hashem was asking him to, to, to leave behind. And then go to the last three lines on this page. Avram passed through, that was the passage I read you before. Avram passed through the land. I'm going to give this land to your children because what do we say before? Every word of Torah is relevant to every single one of us. Who are those children that Hashem said I'm giving Eretz Yisrael to? Each and every one of us. Hashem says, I'm going to give them this land. It's not just a land. That's what the world doesn't understand. It's not just a land. It's not just a, land. it's not just a piece of property. So find a few miles someplace else, right? There were, Uganda was a was floated as an original idea before before the Zionist movement got off its feet, right? You got, it's a piece of land. What's the difference which piece of land it is? Hashem says, this is the heart of the world, which also explains... A lot of it is anti-Semitism, but that's not the only reason the whole world is obsessed with Eretz Yisrael. A lot of it is, and I'm not letting any of those guys off the hook. But there's a reason why people are much more involved with a war in Eretz Yisrael than they are with wars anywhere else in the world. Unless if it's in their own backyard. right? But anywhere else, no other place gets the coverage, gets the wall-to-wall coverage on every news station like a war in Eretz Yisrael. Because it is... So, so they have a warped way of, 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 of relating to the fact that it's the Le'v Ha'olam. But, but the underlying reason that they're obsessed with Eretz Yisrael is because Eretz Yisrael is the heart of the world. Kulay, ba'yiye misugom lehasek hamadregal Munu That is the place where we can see that that level of Amuna, that clarity is only possible in Eretz Yisrael. And It's only possible for a Jew, so you can you can insert there. The Rebbe doesn't say this, but you can insert there that maybe they don't want us to have that kind of clarity. They don't want to see that, the ability. And just with if, if you can block out some of the other things, just to see the way the Jewish souls have come alive in in this time of crisis, you see a little bit of that potential that he's talking about, right? That potential that Eretz Yisrael is, wakes up Jews. There's just something going on there that all, people who were at each other's throats two weeks ago are hugging and dancing together. It, it, I, where else could that happen? Where else? When, when Donald Trump lost the election, you didn't see Democrats and Republicans hu- hugging each other, right? It, it, because, it's, because it's the lay <laughs> Olam. There's something going on there. He says, Hiskarnu, you go to the next column. This is, by the way, like when you skip the pages in the Mahzorim, right? You think you're getting a seven-page handout, and then we're skipping like every other column. So you feel like, uh, you feel it. Like, okay, because really, it's very important for me that we, that we read the end of the piece. He quoted this before. It's one of the parts we skipped. But he says that when, when are things lined up, when the Shekhinah is in Eretz Yisrael, when the Jews are there. You have to have both. Where the Jewish people are together and they're in Eretz Yisrael. Then the Shekina rests, rests there. Just skip down to where I underlined. And then he says, And we're going to skip a little bit. Go to the quote from the Orachayim when the jews could be all together in another country or there could be a few jews in eretz yisrael you cannot have you cannot have ashra and the true Hatzloch of a jew for a jew, a jew to be ultimately matzliach he has to be in eretz yisrael with most jews i think it's only the last few years that most of the of world jewry really lives in eretz yisrael right i think it only happened a few years ago that the majority of jews now live in eretz yisrael i don't i don't read the Pew research reports but i see it quoted in all the emails i think it was a few, not that long ago that Oh, is that? Okay, so there. But we're close, right? We're close. Okay. The way Jews are supposed to live has to be in Eretz Yisroel. You cannot have the same success else, elsewhere. Right? And then look on the next page, on Ayin Dalid. I just underlined the kuzri, just so you know where this is uh, from. But he says. <coughs> He gives this example, I'll tell you the Marshall quickly. The example he gives is if you have a certain type of vineyard that, can only, that only grows in certain climates on a certain mountain, this vineyard will only grow on this mountain. So he's, he makes the point that if you plant it on that mountain and you work it and do what you're supposed to do for the vineyard, then the vineyard will be very successful. But if you plant it in the wrong climate or you plant it in the right place and you don't do what you're supposed to do, it's not going to grow. It's not going to be. You need both. You need both of those things together. You need to be in Eretz Israel, and you need to be working on Torah So he says, Then it will be successful. Even if you do all the right things in the wrong climate, try to plant a palm tree that are so beautiful in California and Florida. Try to plant them in New York and they may make it till February right? But they're just, they're not cut out for this climate. It has to be, that's our climate. That's where we are meant to grow. He says, He says, that's the question we asked before they never stepped foot in Eretz they were the biggest Nevi'im so he says and this is the Kuzari so I can't explain it I'll just you'll just read what he says somehow Har Sinai has a certain din of Eretz and that's a uh, and that's how he answers that. Okay, we still have questions because we know of many tzaddikim throughout history that never made a teruk He's going to deal with that also. But, to, but at least Ma'ish Rabbeinu, he couldn't. He he needed to have right. He says Bahara This is just an interesting. I'll read the next paragraph outline. I just thought, it's not. It, it, uh, it was. I just it was very interesting. The Ramak says. Uh, that he says that, going back on the Gemara that said that, Misha it's like he, it's, 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 elaka. so he says, you know why? He says, we know that Shabbos, what time does Shabbos start? If I didn't, if you didn't know my location, and I ask you, how many hours to Shabbos, you have no way of answering me, right? If I'm in Eretz Yisrael, it's going to be hours earlier. If I'm in, if I'm in California, it's going to be 10 and 15 hours later, right? It, 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 depending, not 15, it's 10 hours. I know that it's 10 hours. Okay. Um, so. It could be different places. So in Shemayim, when do they keep Shabbos? So he says, this is the Ramach, or Moshe Cardevero. so you we can't, we can't ask questions how he knew, where he knew, but Moshe Cardevero says, the author of the term of the verse says, in Shemayim they keep Shabbos, Eretz Yisrael time. Whatever time, when you hear that the, the siren, the good sirens that go on a Friday afternoon, you hear those sirens, in, in Shemayim they're, they're lighting candles. That's, the, they're, they're keeping Eretz Yisrael's, Yisrael's man. So he says, it, the result of that is, that if you're in Chutz you're on a, on a, on a level, you're being Mechal Shabbos, that's what you don't, you don't have, because some of those hours that in Eretz Yisrael, they're keeping Shabbos, you're not keeping Shabbos, whether it's before or after, depending on which side of Eretz Yisrael you're on, but some of those hours that it's Shabbos in Eretz Yisrael, it's Shabbos in Shema'im, you're not keeping Shabbos. So in Shema'im, they look, it looks like he has no God, he's not, he's, he's driving still and not, you're not doing, obviously, you're not doing an Isser but it looks a little bit like, that's the Ramak's, I just, I don't know why, he he, he brought that in here just to show the Kayach of Eretz that it's controlling the Zmanim in Shemayim. Okay, now the the next paragraph, in the second column, he says, So first he called Eretz Yisrael the lave of the world, now he's calling it the Neshama of the world, so it's the heart and soul of the world. It's the place where the Shekin rests. So go to the next paragraph, the things that Hashem promised to Avram Avinu, great things. I'm going to make a great nation out of you. You're going to do wonderful things. All of that was contingent on him walking out of his birthplace. It's all contingent on you leaving that place and going to the place where I will be visible to you. Then you get all these brachas. A bracha is lamay in a teva? Right. A person goes generally to a bracha tzaddik, Somebody has a certain tsar, and 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 in derech teva, it's not being solved. They've gone to doctors, or they tried different businesses, or whatever the particular issue the person's going. He's looking for a bracha. He's looking for something more. If, unfortunately, we shouldn't we shouldn't wait for that. But if if we thought we had a we had a teva dika solution, we wouldn't go running to the rebbez, right? We would we would be. Oh, I don't have to go. That I, I figured out. But the truth is, so he says that. A bracha means it's above teva. I'm, what I'm looking for in a bracha is something that's not natural. Which is why people when they go for brachas, they are tzaddikim and the tzaddikim other places. We were supposed to maybe be on a trip now to Poland to daven but. Ultimately, one ends up in Eretz Yisrael. You go to Eretz Yisrael. He says at the bottom, This is our land." Okay. next, next page. Let's see if we can finish this, and yeah, we should we should be able to. This is talking about what he what, he's in, what he introduced here was that when they were when they were driven out of Eretz Yisrael with Yirmiyahu, so they thought that Hashem abandoned them completely. Imagine what was going on there. They had a base of English, they had a melech, this, and they were driven out into Galus. They thought that Hashem completely abandoned them. They were crying about this. They thought Hashem said, "I had enough of them." I'm sorry, I'm their pain went away, that they knew that Hashem was with them, even though they were still going through difficult things. Because they no longer felt like they were in Golis. Because the Shekhinah was with them. That was the Iker. The zoyer concludes this. This comes from the zoyer. Wherever Jews are in Golis, the Shekhinah is with them. So the Zohar is saying this. Reb Shimon is telling us: wherever a Jew is in Galus, the Shechina is with him. The Ain Divrei Hazerka, the Shoyishul Ma'ir Chazal, that we said, changed Shechina Shari Lebesach Panei Yisrael, avoid the We just finished saying before that the Shechina is only in Eretz Yisrael when the Jews are in Eretz Yisrael, and now you're telling me wherever I am, the Shechina is with me. He says, She'omnem bechol eser the Galu Yisrael, tomen Shekin the Galsi Mine, avah la Madrigel Yoyinu Sheshros Shechina he beemz Rak Panei Yisrael Beretz Yisrael, Yisrael. Yisrael. He says that there's different levels. We have Ashuras Hashkina with us here. We have Ashuras Hashkina. We're sitting, Jews are sitting together learning on a Monday night. We have Ashuras Hashkina with us here. We're in Galus. We don't always realize we're in Gaulus here, but we're in Gaulus, right? But the Ashuras Ashkina, if we were having the same shir in Eretz Yisrael, it would be different. It would be a different Ashuras Hashkina. He, say, he says, now he talks I, I don't. I won't always say it because I don't really know what his politics were, but it sounds to me a little Zionistic. I'm just. I don't know if that's acceptable, but sounds it. In these generations, when we're seeing the Yishuv Eretz Yisrael come back to life, many, most Poskim have said that there's a mitzvah Yishuv Eretz Yisrael since since the basement was destroyed. There's a mitzvah living in Eretz Yisrael, but for many generations they were not Mikhaim the mitzvah. The Baal tried, the Grah tried, many Tzadikim tried to get there, they couldn't make it, they couldn't get there. They were stopped. Even though we know there's a cloud the Gemara tells the cloud that if you want to do something good, in Shemayim they help you. And yet, these Tzadikim couldn't get there. So he says, um, uh, He says, uh, he he goes on talks more about Gaulus. We'll skip a little bit there. He says, um, he says, but now he, he talks about there. There was a, there were times in history where the center of Jewry was certainly not. Most times in history, till hundred years ago, Jew, the center of Jewry was not in Israel, and therefore it had a different chesedin because you didn't have these two. These two conditions met. You didn't have a significant portion of the Jewish people in Eretz Yisrael, and therefore, maybe at that time, that you didn't have a stronger Hashgulah Shechina in Eretz Yisrael. He says, Va Im Look at the bottom of that, uh, at the middle of that second paragrap- paragraph. "Imkain, I rekan gam mokem Hashgulah Shechina. Shata Hashemisbar Ezer v'nei Yisrael Now that the Jewish people are gathering in Eretz Yisrael, now the center for the Shechina is Eretz Yisrael. He says this clearly. And he says, "In those other tzaddikim, the Baal Shem Tov and his Talmidim who wanted to go, he says, and this is where we need to take a lot of chizuk from, and this is the last thing, and we're going to end with Dav Mariv, but he says that they always, always, always made sure that their focus was on Eretz Yisrael their focus was always on Yisrael. Look at the bottom of the paragraph, he says, he talks about the Saba Kaddish that was the Rebbe of the first Slonomer Rebbe that we mentioned before, I told you, he quotes him a lot. So he says, Tzadikim sh'achrav and all the Tzadikim that came after, he means all the slonimer Tzadikim that came afterwards, uh, They were always raising money for Eretz Yisrael. There, was, there, there were some famous stories, I think, with the Dibre Shmuel, that he would raise money for Eretz Yisrael to the, to, at the expense of, like, the locals not having what they needed, but to send money to Eretz Yisrael. And this is before the Jews were living there. This is before the in-gathering. This is the Makar Shefa. Just look at the, this is, I mentioned the first Slonim Rebbe, who he calls always, refers to the Saba Kaddish of Slonim, the the Zaida so he says the altar they always want to be busy with Eretz Yisrael and he says I told you he sent three of his grandsons when they were 13 years old to live in Teveria which was not Teveria today with hotels and motorboats right it was Teveria then was not the easiest living He said, Al when he would write to him them and his chassidim they went with his chassidim they didn't go with them just the three of them by themselves he sent a lot of his chassidim to Teveria he would sign the letter I checked this today with Jack Wolfish because I thought I was maybe reading it wrong. He signed the letters that he wrote to his chassidim and grandchildren in Eretz Yisrael. He never in his life stepped foot in Eretz Yisrael. He never once stepped foot in Eretz Yisrael. He would say, He would say, the one who resides and, and, and lives in Tveria He felt like he lived in Tveria That's how he connected he was. He sent his grandsons. And as a matter of fact, in the history of Slanem, that's what saved Slanem because the Chseedim that were in Europe and for the most part killed out. Killed. There were a few, few that survived. And he asked them, when they asked him. he says, what, why are you sending us there? He said, because before Mashiach comes, there's going to be a tremendous darkness... And I want there should be a place of light, and Ertisol is going to be that place of light and he says if that was when he said then." nobody understood what he was saying then. How is Eretz Yisrael going to be the source of light? There was nothing going on in Eretz Yisrael at the time. He says uh, he says after after the Shoah, after the Holocaust we understand with darkness why we need a place like Eretz Yisrael. Again he says on Yom Kippur he would say he would get up and make an appeal for Eretz Yisrael. So even if we can't be in Eretz Yisrael for whatever reason, everybody has their own cheshbon, I'm not. I'm, I'm sitting here too, we're all here, for whatever reasons we're here, but it doesn't mean we can't connect ourselves to Eretz Yisrael. He's saying it very clearly, and he said that the tzaddikim of generations were connected. And he says, you can even reach the level of the madrig of Eretz Yisrael, by giving money, by supporting the people in Eretz Yisrael, which is right now we've never been called on in such a way as we have the last two weeks to give to and by thinking once in a while that when we face Mizrach, we we're not just facing east; we're facing Yerushalayim. Maybe we should have the apps change it instead of saying it and say Yerushalayim. Right, Then he puts in one more plug for that, l'maisit, it's still not the same, but you can connect very strongly to that light. It's very, and 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 that's the part that we have to do. That's our role right now. For whatever reason we're here, that's our role now to connect, connect to Eretz Yisrael. I don't know if it's still recording. I don't know if you're th- it's still recording because it's it th- it face locked, so I don't know if it. We didn't dominate.